Welcome to the Property Magic Podcast. My name is Simon Zucci, and in this podcast, I'm going to deep dive into the property investing strategies and investor mindset for my book, Property Magic. I will also share real estate investing hints, tips, and tricks, which I normally only share on my Property Mastermind Mentorship. Hello and welcome to episode number 153 of the Property Magic Podcast. And in this episode, I'm going to share with you how you can 10x your deal sourcing income. Now, just in case you're not sourcing and selling deals to other people, I really encourage you to listen to this particular episode because by the end of it, you might think, actually, maybe I should be doing that. And if you do have a deal sourcing business or want to be starting a deal sourcing business, absolutely listen to this because I'm going to show you how it can dramatically increase the income you're making from that business. So this podcast is for every investor, really, whether you are sourcing deals or maybe you want to work with a deal sourcer to get them bringing great deals to you. You should still listen because I think you're going to pick up some really useful hints and tips. Now, often people, when they start property investing, they hear about deal sourcing and they realize this may be something they can do. They don't need to have big deposits. They don't need to have mortgages because they're not buying the properties themselves. They're finding great deals and pass them on to other investors for which they get paid a fee, typically three to five thousand pounds per deal. So many people, when they're first starting out, they want to become a deal sourcer to earn money, which they can then use as the deposits for the properties they actually want to keep. So it's a really good thing for people to do when they're starting to invest. Having said that, Many experienced investors, when they get good at finding great deals, there's only a certain number of deals you can actually do yourself. You've got a certain uh, capacity, a, a bandwidth to handle deals uh, mentally, uh, mortgage-wise, deposit-wise, etc. So if you're finding good deals that you don't want, instead of just walking away from those, you can actually make some really good money by passing those deals to other investors who either don't know how to find great deals, don't have time to do it themselves, or aren't inclined to do it themselves. So actually, I believe all investors should be thinking about selling deals to other people. Now, a couple of things you need to understand about that. If you're going to sell deals on, you do need to be compliant. I'm going to mention that later on. And also, if you're selling deals, they have to be great deals. Now, obviously, you're going to keep the very best deals for yourself, but you might find deals that are maybe too big for you, too small for you, maybe out of your area, don't fit your strategy. And these are the kind of deals you'd sell on to other people. Now, there are two types that sorry, there are two parts to a deal sourcing business. Obviously, one is actually being able to find great deals. And the second part is successfully selling the deals that you don't want onto other investors. So let's talk, first of all, about finding deals in the first place. Now, it's really important that you just don't want to be finding deals online and working with estate agents. It's very hard for you to go to someone and justify a three to five thousand pound fee if the property is openly available on the market. It's really important for you to add value to that deal to justify you packaging it up for someone and and charging them a fee. So for example, although it could be listed online, you've gone in, you've negotiated a deal that might be a lower price than it's listed online, or maybe you've secured some creative finance such as vendor finance or purchase this option, which makes it more attractive to the end buyer. And then also you need to have secured the deal. Now what that means is you want to make sure that if you're trying to sell the deal to someone else, that 
the owner can't go and sell to someone in the meantime if you're taking too long to find someone. And also, you want to make sure that if you do introduce a buyer to that seller, you can't be circumvented. So you have what's called a lockout agreement which is effectively a purchase option. That means that you've got the right to buy this property at the price you've agreed and the owner cannot sell it to anyone else unless you assign that right to someone else. That means you definitely get your fee built in. So it's really important to understand that. I personally think it's much better if you're sourcing deals to be looking for off-market deals because there's not as much competition also, you're going to be dealing direct with the owner of that property. And what this means is that um, you can really find out what their problem is, really dig deep, come up with a great ethical win-win solution that gives them what they want. And because you're helping that motivated seller, you can offer a really good deal to whoever you sell this deal to. So um, these people who are off-market obviously the buyer of that deal, they don't even know they exist. They can't get access to them. So you've got more value in the proposition you're giving to that buyer because otherwise they couldn't access this person. Now, the best way to find off-market deals right now, I believe, is through contacting landlords. Landlords, many of them are very happy with their properties, but an increasing number of maybe older, more experienced landlords are deciding because of all the changes happening, because of rising interest rates, all the increased legislation, and because they've had great capital growth for the last 12 years, maybe they should sell up some of their properties. And so we're seeing it happen at the PIN meetings around the country. We're seeing more and more people come to those looking to sell. So it's a very significant trend we're seeing. And I think it's going to be an opportunity for the next year or maybe two two to help these landlords dispose of their properties and it could be ones you're buying yourself or indeed passing on to other people so off-market landlords now the way we can do that we can send landlord letters which is one of my favorite methods there is a, a podcast episode all about that um, or we could go online somewhere like spare room uh, we could look for properties where they're struggling to rent them out or indeed you could be working with local letting agents um, if a properties managed by an agent the agent's probably one of the first people's going to know if that if that landlord is interested in selling their property so there are lots of ways of finding these deals and i've got lots of podcast episodes all about that what i want to talk about now is actually selling the deals on to other investors the first thing i want to say which i did mention earlier if you're selling deals on in the uk you really need to be compliant now what does that mean so there are some things you need to do uh, it's a very good idea to be registered with one of the property ombudsmen so if something goes wrong between you and the person you're selling to there's some sort of arbitration you can go through so there's the tpo the property ombudsman or there's the uh, property redress scheme prs they're both very similar you don't need to join both just one or the other will be absolutely fine the other thing you should do because you're going to have uh details of sellers and buyers you should absolutely be registered with the ico information commission office um, it's a very small fee you pay each year and i think actually all investors should be registered with them 
Next thing is, if you're selling deals, you need to have insurance. It's professional indemnity insurance in case you make a mistake and someone tries to sue you. And finally, you should really be registered with HMRC uh, for anti-money laundering checks. If someone's buying property, uh, it's a very popular way of laundering money. So you can make sure the money doesn't come from any criminal sources. So there are things you need to do to become compliant. Um, a lot of people get put off by that. There are easier ways of getting it done. Um, I'm going to mention something in a moment where actually they can get it all done for you for a very small fee, um, but I'll mention that later. Um, so, and actually, I think I'm going to do probably a more in-depth uh, podcast episode all about setting up a deal sourcing business and how you can become compliant, etc. Because I think more and more people are wanting to do this, and I think it's something you should absolutely consider, even if you're new or an experienced investor. So, now let's talk a little bit about who do you actually sell those deals to? Well, obviously, uh, you could sell to family and friends, but the very best people to sell deals to are other property investors, people who you know are actively looking for great deals. Um, hopefully, they've been educated, so they understand that because we're dealing with motivated sellers, they need to move quickly. Hopefully, they understand what makes a good deal for them, and when they see a good deal, they're going to recognize that and thus move quickly which is what you want to do because obviously the seller wants you to move quickly so um, someone who's been educated uh, they're probably going to be more decisive they're not going to mess you around us as much so one of the very best places for you to go to find other people to sell deals to is go to property training events where people are learning about how to invest in property now obviously a lot of people at the event will go and do it themselves but there'll be some people who understand what's required. They think, I'm too busy. Um, I don't want to put that, all that effort in. And they'd much rather pay someone like you a fee to bring great deals to them. So by going to property training events, whether they're physical or virtual, you can network, get to connect with people, keep in touch with those people, and they could be great people to sell deals to. Also, property networking groups. There are obviously the PIN meetings, 50 meetings around the country every month. There are other property groups as well. You should go to as many as you can in your local area. And um, at PIN meetings, you actually get up and you can have the chance to say, hey, I'm finding great property deals. You want me to help you, let you know. You'll attract people who want to work with you that way. Um, the other thing is you can find people online. There are online forums, online property groups. However, I don't think it's such a good way to sell a deal. I often see people put up adverts saying, I've got a three-bedroom house in Barnsley. It might just be in a Facebook group. And they're trying to attract people who they don't really know. Um, and that's maybe because they haven't gone to property training events. They haven't gone to networking events. They don't have people to sell deals to. And they're just hoping someone's interested. Um, I don't think it's such a good way to sell deals doing it that way. Um, because you don't know who you're dealing with. There might be lots of time wasters out there. You want people who are qualified, who are educated, and who are going to move quickly. It's all about building a relationship with the people who you want to sell your deals to. In fact, you don't need hundreds of people. You might just have a handful of good people who've got money, who can get mortgages, who can move quickly, and they want lots of properties. And you could just serve those private clients and you make money. They're really happy as well. And that can be a great little part-time business making you quite a significant income. There is a website also you can go to where um, they've got 
1,500, 2,000 qualified investors, i.e. they know they can get mortgages, they've got deposits, etc. Um, and it's really good because they also take care of all your compliance. So we'll do a follow-up episode all about how you can set up uh, your deal sourcing business uh, sometime in the future. So look out for that podcast. But let's get back to selling these deals. So obviously, the better the deal is, the more people will want to buy that deal. And obviously, the more you can charge for that deal as well. And this is how you can really 10x your income. You want to make sure the deals you have are very desirable. So how can you do that? Well, first of all, you need to give people a summary of why this is a good deal. Is it because it's a a discount off the true market value and there's some instant equity built into the property? Is it because there's a very high cash flow or there's a very good return on investment? And so you put together some information to make it really easy for the potential buyers to understand and say, look, is this a good deal for me or not? So you definitely want to put, you know, how much money is required, what kind of cash flow they're going to get, what kind of return on investment, and obviously put the assumptions that you've used in those calculations so people can check it's right for them. Um, Obviously, if you can have deals where there's less money required up front, that means there'll be more people who will be able to buy from you. And some of the very best deals you can offer people are purchase lease options. Now, I've talked about purchase lease options a lot on this podcast, uh, on various other episodes. But basically, a purchase lease option is where you have the right to buy a property from an owner anytime within a time period. It might be three, five, seven years. You fix the price today. Um, the property stays in the owner's name. If there's a mortgage, that stays in their name as well. But the person who's got the option, they pay a monthly fee to the owner and they can then rent the property out for a higher amount of money and make a profit on the difference. And then also the person who's got the option has can potentially benefit from long-term capital growth um, because they agree a price now, but they don't have to buy until five or seven years time down the line when hopefully values have gone up. The good thing is they don't even have to buy if they don't want to. It's a, a right to buy, but not an obligation to buy. So a purchase option is actually very, very powerful. Um, obviously, not many investors actually understand about them properly. So it's good for you and your clients to be educated about that. But the thing that makes them so attractive, there's low money in, you don't need big 25% deposits. That means you get a very high return on your investment. On a purchase lease option, you should be getting at least 50% return on investment. You get cash flow and potential X growth from a property you don't actually own. There's no need for mortgages, which means A, it's anyone can do a purchase lease option and also they're very quick you know if you're getting a mortgage right now it might take three four months well you can do an option in three or four weeks so this means it's a very popular deal to sell to people and you could probably charge more than you would for a normal deal however there's one thing i'd like you to think about here if it doesn't require deposit or a large deposit and you don't need a mortgage you could absolutely sell it to someone else But then also, why are you not doing that deal yourself? Very often I see deal sources and they're just thinking about selling and making fees. And they sometimes miss that actually they should be keeping some of these deals. Now, if someone doesn't have the deposit and it requires actually buying it, you could do a joint venture or a private loan. Again, with someone else you met at networking or a property training event, once you get to know and meet these people and build a trusting relationship with them, that's a good opportunity. However, Maybe if it's an option, you should be doing it yourself. 
no deposit required, or not a big one anyway, no mortgages, can be done very quickly. So rather than thinking about selling all your deals on, if it's a great deal, you obviously should be keeping the best ones yourself and the others, as long as they're good deals, you can pass them on to other people. So that's pretty much all I wanted to cover. Hopefully by making your deals more attractive, you'll sell a lot more of them and you'll massively increase the income from your deal sourcing business. Um, if you need to learn more about purchase options, how you control a property, and get a lockout agreement or you want to learn about more about purchase lease options i have some in-depth online training which you can access at no cost just go to www.plotraining.com and you'll be able to register and get access to that great no cost training uh, there'll also be a link to that in the show notes so i hope again this has been inspiring for you whether you are someone who's deal sourcing already or want to get into deal sourcing or maybe you're just an investing actually i'd like to work a bit more with deal sources i uh, hopefully this has been enlightening for you until next time i'd always encourage you to invest with knowledge invest with skill thanks for listening to the property magic podcast to get this week's show notes please visit www propertymagicbook.co.uk forward slash podcast. You can contact me via LinkedIn. You can follow me on social media and I highly recommend you subscribe to my YouTube channel to watch loads of valuable property trading for free. All of the details are available in the show notes. Until next time, invest with knowledge, invest with skill.